Hello and welcome to episode one of the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris. The goal of this show is to share knowledge about board game design. We'll interview designers about their current projects. We'll discuss game mechanics, prototyping, and many other aspects of the industry. As the show develops, I hope it becomes a useful resource for designers. So please send suggestions, feedback, and questions to theboardgameworkshop at gmail.com. On this episode, we have an interview with designer Vlad Ivanov about his game trophies and a little bit of news. So let's start with the news. Um, there's a couple game design contests going on right now. Um, Cardboard Edison Award. The deadline for entries are January 31st. So if you're listening to this quickly, you have uh, about two weeks to get anything in for that. The Game Crafters running two contests right now. They have a trick-taking contest that the deadline is March 6th and a big box contest, which the deadline is June 5th. So a lot more time for those. Um, I've done a Game Crafter contest in the past, and I think it's a really good way to help focus your design. And they usually have component limits and price limits, so it really pushes you to design in a box, which I think is nice. And also, Monsters in the Elevator by Jason Weiser. It's a finalist in the Hasbro's Next Great Family Game Contest. So you can go check that out on Indiegogo. And as of this recording, there are still a few early bird copies left for only $10. And we hope to have Jason on a future episode so he can talk about that process. Um, if you have any news you'd like me to talk about, um, game contests, cons, events, anything going on, email me at theboardgameworkshop at gmail.com and I'll try and get in a future episode. All right, so let's go to our interview. I'm here with Vlad Ivanov, and we're going to be talking about his game Trophies. So Vlad, let's start with how did you get into board games, and then what got you started designing? Well, I, I get into board games pretty late. I pretty much never played board games till I was like 33. And what happened, I moved to Wisconsin for a new job, and I didn't know anyone there. So one of my colleagues, he was big board game fan. He was this like typical nerd, which you can see like control like Bing Band theory. And he was big fan of board games and he needed people to play. So he invited me on Sunday and we played. And it was terrible. I was absolutely lost. He was big fan of this complicated meaty board game, just to give you an idea, it was like 10 rounds bone game and on round 5 I was like, can I do this? No. Can I do this? No. Can I do this? Yes. But it's really not beneficial. I don't care. Let me just do this. So it's it was interesting experience and I think the only reason why I, why I continued to play board games because I was just bored and had nothing to do that time. But after a few rounds, I get better in this and kind of I realize that, you know, if you genuinely play many board games, you kind of easier to learn new one. And then it was second disappointment because I realized that actually they're not that complicated, right? I mean, there is repeated mechanics, you know, that's, that's, if, if you learn kind of some basic ideas, you're pretty much good and you know what to expect. So... At that point, I said, well, him, but also myself, that, you know, I can probably come up with some board game that doesn't have 
you know, 20 pages rule, but it will be still strategic and interesting to play. And yeah. that's pretty much how I get into the de design. Cool. Yeah. They are fun and a good way to meet people. So definitely if I moved somewhere new, I would go to board games first. So let's let's start with what what gave you the idea for trophies? Where did it start? Um, there is a computer game that I like a lot. It's called Heroes of Might and Magic. And I think someone actually made board game for this, but first thing that you realize that a lot of things that are very easy to do in computer game, it's very hard to do with a board game, but you have to have, yeah. you know, physical pieces and you cannot really zoom in or zoom out and switch from different screens. So I pretty much tried to keep the idea when you hire some soldiers who fight for you and cut everything that would be hard to produce or make. And, you know, because it's my first board game, I try to start with something simple. And yes. the most simple prototype to make is just deck of cards. You yeah. buy sleeves from Amazon, they cost like five bucks, then you have printer and you're done. All right, so why don't you describe your game for the audience so we know what we're talking about? Just a quick rundown of it. So this is your typical card drafting game. You get some amount of cards, you pick one for yourself, the rest of the cards you pass your player to the right or to the left, and so on. And each card represents soldier or creature in your future army. So this way you select for yourself 21 soldiers, Swiss creatures, and then you have five consecutive battles when you fighting for, for trophies, that's the name of the game, with another players, and player with the strongest army can pick whatever trophy he wants, and then second one gets second pick, it's so on. So that's pretty much your typical card drafting game, like Seven Wonders of Fairy Tales. Yeah. What what I kind of try to avoid in this game in situation like when in Seven Wonders when you pretty much build your city and the only thing that you care is how many points your opponent has. It doesn't really affect you. So in this game you have a bunch of creatures that are wizard and what they do, they change some properties or power of different soldiers, but not just for you, but for every player this round. This way you're not just building army for yourself or like attacking someone. You're actually changing rule for every battle. This way you kind of have to be involved and watch what other people do. Alright, so I, I looked over your rules. It's a very interesting game. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. So are there any issues that you're currently having with it that you want to go over? Any problems, any sticking points, any issues in playtests? Well, I mean, hopefully they're mostly in the past. Yeah. And one good point for someone, you know, who designed board games, some things might sound very interesting, but they might be completely unpractical just because of the time. Because in first version of this game, it was auction game, so you have to like bet money and actually hire your soldiers. 
which oh, sounds yeah. really cool until you realize that distributing 80 cards in that, that would be a long draft goes Norway. So that was pretty much my first lesson. As soon as I play tested, I realized that it's it's not going to go well. So as much as I can see, design is more or less complete. And at least for me, how do I know this? You go to people and you play test it and they give you some suggestions. And then you go second time and some other people give you exactly opposite suggestions. Yeah. It's pretty much tells you that you reach some, you know, sort of equilibrium and these games as as good as it will ever be. So yeah. of course it's a lot of fight tuning and you know art for this game is still not done, but right now I'm at the point when I actually trying to solve to sell it to the publisher. Well I did have a couple of suggestions. Please go ahead. Uh, so one thing is the card count. Mm-hmm. Um, now I am not a professional publisher, so I'm not certain. But from what I know, uh, sets of 54 cards are how they do a sheet. Mm-hmm. So if you could get your deck down to 108, it could be an easier production. Um, I know that's not always easy, but mm-hmm. uh, buying a whole extra sheet can really shift the price. So something to consider. Um, and I noticed in your rules, I don't know if this is still how it plays, but you had different setups for three, four, or five players, like different numbers of cards. Uh-huh. Um, personally, I think it would be easier for people to learn if you had one set setup that worked for all three numbers. Mm-hmm. So maybe balance it out. So not necessarily all cards come out in each game. Um, just a shorter rule book usually makes people less frightened of a game. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. About number of cards, well, hopefully I will leave it to the publisher and they will figure out. I mean, certainly game is flexible enough that you can increase or decrease number of cards without sacrificing any important part. And about three and four and five players, it's pretty much what I was trying to do. I I had 80 cards and I tried to be practical and, you know, don't, don't change number of cards and won't number of players because otherwise it would be just more expensive mm-hmm. but again since i never publish anything in my life i have no idea if it's really worthy you know how much it will actually affect cost yeah it's, i mean it's definitely all learning at this point but uh i like the like how the wizards interact with everything and like it seems like a lot of interesting stuff the um the other thing was you do all the drafting and then you do the battles mm-hmm it seems like it might be more interesting if you did a draft in a battle, a draft in a battle. So there's a little little bit revealed each time. Yeah, that's, that's something that people discuss a lot. Some people suggest what you suggest. Some people kind of do it this way. Frankly saying, when you design it, just easier to separate it into stage. Mm-hmm. Another thing that big part of the game is that you have your army and you don't really want to spend it in first battle. True, so, true. in a way, it's auction game because, in reality, you probably can spend a little bit more soldiers and get first trophy. Question, you know, how long it will bring you. But, yeah, that, that's another idea that, you know, needs to be tested or tried at some point. So, you already mentioned you're going to start looking for a publisher for this. So, your plan's not to do a Kickstarter, but you want to 
find a publisher to take it over and run with it? Yeah, as I learned, uh, there is board game makers group in Boston, and I would yeah. certainly recommend it because not only they play test, they have seminars, so you can just listen to publisher or to artist. And what was very decisive for me, just price, how much art would cost for this kind of game. Yeah, that's that's usually the, the big hurdle. So, and you know, at least other expenses you kind of play per cart or per set, but you know, art is just chunk of money that you have to spend right away before you even like hope to sell at least one version yeah. so i um i would try to leave it for publishers another thing that i mentioned many people who design board games they do it kind of group so you know it's easy for them pontes one of them is designer another is artist yeah i don't feel like alone i have enough of you know time and energy and abilities to do it so i will try to sell it to publisher if I will fail then I will decide what to do next well, I definitely think it has a chance uh, I mean it's from my limited experience I can tell you that it's kind of uphill battle because oh, definitely. Uh, you very soon you realize that they get a lot of you know emails and it's for them it's like you're just another guy it's it's, it's kind of yeah. I mean um Another thing to look into is contests. I've had a bit of luck myself with different things. I know uh, Cardboard Edison has a contest. Games are due January 31st. I don't know if you've heard about that one yet. I heard, yes. And, well, so situation right now is that one of the publishers kind of expressed some sort of interest. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, in a way, they ask for essentially prototype. So I will wait what they tell me. And yeah. depending on this, I will either participate in this board game contents or, you know, just, just give it to them and say, hey guys, do what you want. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Best of luck on that. I know the waiting can be terrible. Yeah, I mean, one thing that to realize that you have to be patient. Yep. These guys, especially now, it's Christmas, New Year, they... Yeah, you lose basically a whole month. Yeah, they're rushing, you know, to to finish games for the market. So I'm certainly not the first priority right now. Yeah. All right, so do you have any upcoming things you want to promote? Going to any cons to show off your game or anything? Or looking for playtesters, any other games, anything you want to promote? I just moved to Connecticut, so I cannot drive to Boston because it's two hours, so it's too much for playtesting, so... I am in desperate need for some playtests. There is game designer group in New Haven, but mm -hmm. when last time I was there, it was like three people, and one of them left like in 30 minutes. So <laughs> playtesters are important. Have to get groups together. Yes, I'm being maybe a little bit naive and hopeful, but I start design my second game. So. You know, if if that's going well, I will maybe use this uh, content that you just mentioned for that one. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I think I don't have enough experience to kind of make any definite promises or, or, you know, or prognosis. So we will see. We will see if, 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 if I mean, we will see how well, it goes. If you're anything like me, you can't stop designing once you start. So you're going to do it whether it works out or not. Well, I mean, at least with Kickstarter, my experience that, it's crucial how much time you put in marketing games. Yeah. In fact, maybe even more crucial is the quality of your game itself. So I'd that's, say that's probably, probably true nowadays. That's, that's, that's the thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I will keep designing and one or another way I will find a way to publish these games. So hopefully you will hear about me at some point. Cool. Well, best of luck with that. Um, so you. if anything does happen with this or anything else, uh, drop me a line and I'll put it in the news of future episodes, assuming this show continues. And um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, you want to give out uh, Twitter or Facebook or anything, if anyone online wants to talk to you. Just, uh, well, you can look me on Facebook. I don't have a Twitter, but uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how wise it to give it my email, but let's assume. <laughs> uh, up to you. Let's assume no one, unless no one will send me something inappropriate. It's Vlad Ivanov78 at Gmail. So it's just my first name, my last name, and 78. So if you have any, you know, suggestions about playtest group, about publishers, about designers. I would be very interesting because, you know, I kind of, I am very young designer and I just moved in a new city, so I, 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 really, I, I really need more contacts. Cool. Well, hopefully this starts getting you some contacts. Uh, that does it for episode one. I hope you enjoyed it. Please send comments and questions and I'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email the show at theboardgameworkshop at gmail.com. You can check out the website for show notes and links to things I talked about at theboardgameworkshop.com. You can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theboardgameworkshop. You can find the show on Twitter at the BG Workshop, And you can find me on Twitter at bluecubebgs. BGS.